Luke 18, beginning at verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven to feed his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And this is the word of God for all people. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this is a great time as a preacher. There's a lot in here. We can take the, 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 the Pharisee, right? And we can talk about the Pharisee and pride. And, and you know, uh, I know I didn't put a sermon title on this one, but uh, wouldn't it be cool to be able to say, well, the peril of proud praying. That's what this message would be. It's about the peril of proud praying. <laughs> or the presumptuous Pharisee. And those of you who like alliteration and, and, and uh, that type of thing would really like it. Or we can go to the tax collector and humility. Could have called it Check Your Attitude at the Door, or even gone after Charles Dickens and said, Hail the two prayers. And I think most folks like to focus on the fact that the Pharisee had a lot of pride, and the tax collector was humble. And the Pharisee was a bad example, but the tax collector was a better example. But what I want to talk about this morning are the bookends on this passage. Verse 9 and the last passage in verse 14. Verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Now Jesus was really good at a lot of things. One of the things that he was great at was taking aim, right? He knew who he was talking to. He knew what message he wanted to give, and he knew how to aim at them. And in this case, he took aim at those who were self-reliant, at those who were devoted more to themselves than to others. The Pharisees standing there going, Oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like him. Lord, thank you I'm not like her. Jesus takes aim at him in this case. This group is not particularly familiar. There's a, a famous phrase, that says, but for the grace of God go I. Y'all from the internet may have heard that. This group, wouldn't they might say it, but they wouldn't mean it, right? When you see somebody out there, you go, oh, but for the grace of God go I. It's like, oh, man, that can never really happen to me because I'm a good person or I'm this person or, or, or I give 10% or I dress right or I act like the Pharisee. See, we like to say in this place, come as you are, right? Come as you are. We'll, be, we'll meet you there. God won't leave you there. But what we, do we really mean that? Do we really mean come as you are? What if somebody walked through this door who was dirty and, and hadn't, hadn't shaved and hadn't dressed right and that kind of thing? Would we really accept that? Or would we be going, oh Lord, thank you that I'm not like that guy. Now before we move too quickly away from it being somebody else, I want to confess to you that this 
is me. I have this ability. I have this wonderful brain that, that has this critical aspect of it and, and, and this cynical part of it that, that can see somebody. I could be going downtown Atlanta and I see somebody who's homeless and who has the jug and I, and I go, well, they chose that. If they didn't choose that, they wouldn't be here. Their fault. I don't know the story behind them. But there's a part of me that wants to separate from that person. I don't want to have that be a possibility for me, so I don't choose that, so they must have chosen that. This past week, Robin Williams, he committed suicide. Most of y'all are probably aware of that. He had all the means at his disposal for treatment for all of the things going on in his life. But he decided to end his life. And I've seen different posts uh, online about how it's selfish and how it's cowardly. How it was the easy way out. And I related that back. And most of you know I tried to kill myself at 25. And I'm not going to get into that. But I related back to my own circumstances. And I found that, that those words didn't seem to carry, they weren't happy. And then a, a friend posted something else that I read, and it brought this really home to me about, you know, it's easy to want to separate. Well, that's a cowardly thing. It's an easy way out of things. It's a selfish thing. Do you know that our veterans are killing themselves in huge numbers? It's dozens per month. They're committing suicide. They're coming back from serving this country. <coughs> and then they run into the VA medical system where they run into difficulties. You cannot tell me that they are selfish, that they are cowardly, and that they took the easy way out. And if we'll engage with these people, not just those who are depressed and suicidal, but it was the people that we tend to separate from if we'll engage in life with them. Because, yeah, talk about suffering here below. Well, let's talk about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's talk about Jesus. Because Jesus brings hope. And I can tell you from my experience, one of the great things that happened for me at 25 was I had no hope. I couldn't see a way out. What meant it wasn't there, I couldn't see it. <coughs> But if we will move away from separation and into engagement, we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the love of God. We don't need to be the Pharisee going, thank God I'm not like that person. We need to go and put our arm around that person. Each of us has situations in our lives where we rely so much on ourselves that we lose sight of where God would have us to be. Or maybe what God would have us to do because it's a challenge. It's hard. And it doesn't make us bad people, right? It doesn't make us bad people because we're, you know, we're, we're, we're a little tentative around the things that God wants us to do. God's going to push you out of your comfort zone. What he's going to do. All it means is that Jesus was talking about us too. In this parable. He's not just sending it out to the Pharisees among us. He's sending it out to me. He's sending it out to you. 
But we have to be willing to speak it out. We have to be willing to engage with this passage and to go, okay, Lord, where is it that I'm being selfish? Where is it that I'm being self-focused? Where is it that you're calling me to that I'm afraid to go? Who is it that I don't meet where they are so that I can learn how to do that? Maybe God's talking to you right now in this moment going here. A lot of times we, we, we know where God's calling us, we're just afraid to go there. But wrestle with that this week. Wrestle with that. God, where are you calling me to? Who are you calling me to be in ministry with? We don't do ministry alone. We come together. The back half, the, the back half of the last verse reads, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And there's a gift that, that God has given to each of us. And it's reflected in this passage. Now we use it for good and we use it for evil. But it's a great gift. It's the great gift of choice. We get to choose. You get to choose. I get to choose. What I do from this place, I can completely ignore this message and not do anything outside here. I can just kind of go, okay, well, that was church. Now I'm back in my real world. Now I'm back in the real world where, where, none, where church doesn't matter. And, 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 and what God wants isn't as important as what I want. We can do that. We have the choice to do that. Or we can engage with and go, God, really, spend an hour in prayer. I challenge you this week. Spend an hour in prayer just focused on, God, who is it that you're calling me to and where is it that you're calling me? Everybody in here is called. Who is it that you're calling me to and where is it that you're calling me? Let me read this passage. For everyone who exalts himself, I'm going to put the emphasis who exalts herself, everyone who makes the choice to be exalted like the Pharisees, will be humble. You can choose that, but your time is coming. Your time is coming. May not even be in this life, but your time is coming. And he who humbles himself, he who humbles herself, makes the choice to be humble, will be exalted. Will be lifted up. So we're given this choice of, of how we're going to act. The Pharisee chose to act selfishly, focused on self. He exalted himself above others, loudly proclaiming, thank God I'm not like them. I'm, I am righteous because of what I do and who I am. The tax collector took it the complete other way. Wouldn't even look up. Lord, have mercy on me, sinner. In public. This is in a public place. Imagine you come here on Sunday morning, and I'm out here, and I'm just saying, God have mercy on me to sin. Lord. Well, somebody probably kind of grab me and go, go somewhere else if you're bothering the people that are coming out, right? It's uncomfortable. I would struggle with that. Even though I fully recognize I have sin in my life, I have troubles in my life, I need to humble myself before God, I need to go to God, and I need to confess those things. But that level of offering is uncomfortable. Offering is 
where we're going to have to look back all of again this morning is another point for this morning is what's your offering? The passage I used last fall, I think, and I'm going to revisit it this morning. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 6. See, the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the city and, and David was dancing in the streets and, and Michael, his wife, saw him and she was none too pleased. So this is verse 14. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. David's in the street dancing before the ark, he's dancing before the Lord. Now, this is the king of Israel dancing. Let's bring it home a little. Robert Crawford is dancing in the aisles at Bowles Springs United. Jerry Brown is dancing in the aisles before the ark. Randy Holland is dancing in the aisles before the, the ark of the Lord. He's praising God. He's so forth. David Ernest is dancing in the aisles. Cheryl Hogan is dancing in the aisles. Think about it. You know, if you would have got come and got me from outside for, for praying, I'm sure you would have grabbed Randy and all and Cheryl and all these friends. But that's kind of the context. This is the king of Israel. The ark is being brought in and he's dancing in the streets. Verse 16, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Now, I guarantee if one of us got up and started dancing around this place, there would be some folks in here who'd go, oh, no. <laughs> now, some of y'all got up and danced, some people would go, well, it makes sense, but oh, no. <laughs> we would despise them in our heart. Michael wouldn't do anything that we wouldn't do. Right? That's what I mean. Naturally, correct, you're being, you're being disrupted. And then David came home. Michael came out to greet him and with all the sarcasm that she could muster. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would do. Because the heart of the covenant is coming, has come to pass. 
the ark of the Lord is here, and I'm going to dance, and I'm going to pray, and I will become even more undignified than this. That's freedom. It's freedom. That's not worrying about what other people think. That's worried. That's living your life for God. David did a lot of stuff wrong, but he did a whole lot of stuff right. The freedom to dance or to cry out, God have mercy on me a sinner, not worrying what everybody else thinks, but focus solely on what God thinks. It's freedom. Let it set you free. Maybe the power of this parable this morning is that it's more about the heart of the offering that, that we bring rather than the offering itself. The Pharisee did right. He brought 10%. He did the things that he was supposed to do, but his heart was wrong. And and it was apparent when he goes before the Lord. Jesus says, that is not it, is it? This guy over here, he just said, Lord, have mercy on me. Tax collector brought a humble heart. Heart of humility. His offering to God was his, his heart of humility. It's a heart that God can use. Pavelos sings a song that's called Offering. Now I love this song because some of the lyrics are powerful. Because it's easy in this day to forget who it is that we're talking about when we're talking about the Creator of all. God Almighty. The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is no shadow in your presence. Think about that. There is no shadow in your presence. See, I've, I've thought about that. It's a, the sun, when it shines, the lights when it shine, I've got a shadow, right? In the Shekinah glory of God. God is light, right? Jesus, light of light, true God from true God. God is light. There's no shadow in that. It's pure. The Pharisee couldn't see it. No mortal man would dare to stand before your throne, before the Holy One from heaven. I know a lot of, a lot of times I've got friends say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about this, and I'm going to ask, no, you're not. You just fall flat on your face before the throne of God, you're going to go, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. You're going to be the tax collector. That's who you, I'm going to know you, I don't know you, hey. Stop it. God is holy. There, there, we can't even, God is so holy, we can't even relate to how holy God is. Without Jesus, we're not holy at all. It's only by your blood, it's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. But we can't come for you know why? Jesus. Through his blood, through his sacrifice, through his offering, we get to come before the throne of the Holy One of Israel. Hmm. You have access to the Creator of all things. I bring an offering 
and delivering his word to his people. I choose the latter. I choose the latter. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to push you out of your comfort zone. I hope this week that you'll allow God to do that in your life. And that's my place in the body of Christ. But you have a place in the body of Christ too. You have an offering to make. See, when we talk about church and we talk about our faith, it's not just what we do this morning. Our offering, your offering and my offering is, is our life. How you live your life, that's your offering. And God's not going to make you do one thing or the other. You choose. You choose. But trust Him that He's got a plan for you. Question this week, where's my heart? Do I have a heart for God? Or just for me? Wrestle with that this week. Am I exalting myself? Or am I glorifying God in the things that I do? What kind of an offering am I bringing to God? That's my challenge to you this week. What kind of an offering are you bringing to God? Know that He loves you exactly where you are. Exactly where you are. If you're struggling with some of the things that depression and that type of, those types of things, know that there is hope even when it seems hopeless. He loves you right where you are. And He loves you too much to leave you there. You hear me say that a lot because it's true. You have a choice this week. Choose well. God's in it with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sure. All right, I'm going to make y'all turn over your head. What's up? Y'all see me? I'm... I stand on a chair, but again, that's not going to happen today. <laughs> this week, maybe we can look at our lives from a little bit different perspective. Sometimes we need to not just look one way, we need to turn and look another way to see what it is that God has for us. Because He's got something for you. He's got something for you. And, and it's going to be a powerful thing when He grabs hold of you and He moves you to that place. He's got something for you. <laughs> so this week wrestle with what that is Marlene you know a little bit about what it is for you so embrace that and move that forward now may the love of God the Father the grace of God his Son and the power of God the Holy Spirit fill you, lift you, lead you and guide you each day of this week and each day of your life be blessed as we go amen amen, amen.